What's going on, everybody? It's Trent McClellan returning with the Generators podcast. The old GP. What's going on? Took a little bit of a break there after we uh, wrapped for the holidays for 22 minutes. And uh, I decided to uh, take a little time off, unwind, went to Mexico for a little bit, laid on a beach, drank some margaritas, read some books, fell asleep. Forgot to put sunscreen on, got in the ocean. You know what I mean? Just the old classics. And uh, now back in Calgary, feeling refreshed. Um, Not quite in the Christmas spirit yet, though. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's you got to kind of transition out of work mode into holiday mode, but I'm not quite there yet. And I got to tell you, Netflix is not helping me. Right? That's how people watch movies these days. You go on Netflix, you find movies you want to watch. And for me, I got some Christmas classics that I absolutely love. They're a tradition for me. And I go on Netflix, and I got to be honest, not one of them is there. I mean, you got just starters. Not bench warmers, absolute starters in terms of movies. And they're not there. They're not in the lineup. Right? We got No, It's a Wonderful Life. Right? Can't see it. Not there. Right? National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I mean, if you're only going to have one movie for Christmas, you may as well have that one. You know what I mean? That's not there. We got uh, four, No Four Christmases. Vince Vaughn, Reese Witherspoon. Classic. None of it. None of them are there. It's just all romantic Christmas comedies. Oh, she needed love for Christmas, and she met this guy who was an Amazon delivery driver, and they, I don't, what? I don't want to see that. I don't, just bring back the classics, man. That's what people want to see. People listen to the same 10 Christmas songs every year, and they want to watch the same couple of Christmas movies every year. That's just the way it is. So put those up. Give the people what they want. Okay, Netflix, you can do this. It's not too late. You still got a bunch of days during the holiday season, you can flip this around right now and throw them up. All right? That's that's my Christmas wish right there. All right, Santa? Do that for me. Um, so, yeah, but I think I'll get there eventually. It's kind of a, a little bit of a warm snap right now in Calgary. We've got what they call a Chinook, you know, where the old warm winds come in and start melting everything. So uh, it was cold for a little bit, but now it's like six degrees today. So... Stuff's melting, and uh, it's kind of spring-like, which, of course, is just setting us up for what will be a vicious cold snap within uh, the next 48 hours, I am sure. Anyway, on the more upbeat news. Huh? You didn't listen to this to get down the doldrums. Hell no. You listen to a comedian's podcast because you're like, man, I need a little bit of levity in my life. So, Trent, can you please provide that? I hear you. All right, well. I might be coming to your town, providing some live levity for you right there in your face. What do you think of that? Doing the old uh, hunt for happy tour in 2020. And I got tour dates and I'm going to tell you what they are right now. So get a pen, get a paper, use your memory, type it in your phone. Do what you got to do to make sure you know where you got to be and when. All right, here we go. Hunt for happy tour dates. We kick this thing off in St. John, New Brunswick on March 6th. Uh, March 9th, I am in Grand Falls, Newfoundland. The next night, March 10th, I am in Gander, Newfoundland. Thursday, March 12th, Labrador City. Uh, Friday, March 13th, Goose Bay. 
Sunday, March 15th, Stephenville, Newfoundland. Then I get myself up to Ontario, March 20 and 21st. I'm in Thunder Bay playing Crickets Comedy Club. And uh, first time in Thunder Bay, never been. So uh, looking forward to that. March 25th, I'm in Ottawa, Shankman's Art Center. Actually, I think there's going to be a Boxing Day sale for tickets there in Ottawa, uh, just Ottawa. So uh, keep an eye out for that if you're in that area. March 25th in Ottawa. April 10 and 11, I'm at Crickets Comedy Club in Winnipeg, April 10 to 11. And April 14th, I'm in Brandon, Manitoba. First time ever going to Brandon. Looking forward to that. April 15th, I'm in Regina, Saskatchewan at Casino Regina. Saskatoon on April 16th at the Broadway Theater. I'm in Grand Prairie, Alberta on April 17th. I'm in Lethbridge, Alberta on April 18th. I'm at the Halifax Comedy Festival from April 22nd to the 25th. I think it's the 25th anniversary of the Halifax Fest. And I'm in Chilliwack, B.C. on May 1st. And uh, St. John's, Newfoundland on Friday, June 19th. So we've got a bunch of shows right across the country. Hopefully you can get yourself out to one. Uh, thanks to my manager, Jake Hirsch, for putting all that together. It's a lot of work, contacting venues and figuring out logistics and all that stuff. So big thanks to Jake for all that. And uh, yeah, looking forward to getting back on tour in 2020. And uh, as soon as I wrap at 22, it'll be boom, on the road, bringing some, uh, a ton of new material to you folks. So uh, hope you're uh, able to make it. All right, got to set up this uh, episode of the podcast. I uh, was at the Laugh Shop a week or two ago and uh, went down to do a guest spot. And the host of the show was a comedian named Henry Sir. Now, I'd heard Henry's name before, but as often as the case in stand-up, we just were never in the same room, never on the same show, never at the same festival. So anyway, um, met Henry and a really funny guy. And I was like, hey, man, do you want to jump on the podcast? So he gets on. And it was amazing when you, you know, sometimes when you meet someone for the first time, the amount of parallels you have in your lives, even though you grew up quite differently and you, you know, different parts of the country and all that stuff. But we had so many similarities in terms of um, kind of how we viewed the world and just our experience before we ever got to the comedy stage, but also how we look at comedy in general, too. So had a very, very deep conversation. Um, I really like episodes when the guest is vulnerable and they kind of just let their guard down and Henry did a great job of that in this episode so this is part one of my conversation with comedian Henry Sir just try your mic there and see what happens check 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 oh yeah that looks beautiful oh, beautiful yeah. bars on here oh, yeah. um how was the show last night you hosted last night right how was it oh the first one was fine the second one was a nightmare were drunk like drunk oh, people it was insane and it was funny like the uh the manager matt as soon as he came he just had like a smile on his face he's like you're gonna love this one table to the side <sighs> he just knew and this dude do you care about swearing on it no okay yeah so like it's like everyone like as they play seven nation army to start so like people started like clapping and they're like <laughs> whistling and that lasted like 10 seconds they didn't realize how much of the song they play and i came up and i was like okay so they're like clearly drunk, but also really tired. And it was just immediate heckling. Like the guy he referenced, I can't even remember what he's doing. He just started yelling so much. And then I did the whole like, hey guys, like Phil Hanley, such a good joke, right? We, like you paid to see a comedy show. No heckling, right? Trying to be like cool. And they're all, yeah. And then 20 seconds later, just getting heckled by everyone. Oh my God. 
There was one part like I posted a video today, but it was literally like um, I have a joke about the matching tattoo I got with my wife, and then everyone was like, "Show us, show us," and I was like. No, like for you ruined the joke, <laughs> and I'm not gonna take my shirt up. Then they just kept going back to it, and this guy was like, "I bet it's a dolphin," and this other was like, "Is it a tramp stamp?" Then that dude over there just starts chanting "fuck Trudeau." Wow, he saw that as a full yeah. doorway, and, and just like let's get make it political. Oh yeah, and then he got the boot when Phil was up, but they were uh, some of them were fine, but a lot the ones that weren't were a nightmare. Dude, isn't that indicative? Like you said about. Just for the listeners right now, we're at the Laugh Shop in Calgary right now. So Henry hosted uh, is hosting shows this weekend for Phil Hanley. And I'm like, when you said that about the music, my honest to God, my stomach tightened. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I don't think audiences realize, like, we're judging them from the get. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the minute those, or, like, you walk in the room, you're looking around, what kind of age, like, uh, how drunk are they? And then when those lights go down right away, if there's a cheer or whatever, oh, sometimes yeah. that's a good thing. Yeah, totally. Like, oh, man, these guys are jazzed. Totally. It's going to be awesome. But there's so much data coming back to yes. you just within those first couple of minutes. Totally. <laughs> like, oh. totally. And especially at the Saturday Late Show, if <sighs> people start clapping and wooing, I'm like, this isn't a good sign. No. And, dude, you're like me because it was my first time seeing you Thursday okay. night. Great set, by the way. Really Thanks, funny. man. Thank you. Uh, but you you know, you know, like to sit in the pockets a little bit mm-hmm. and like take your time. And when you have a drunk crowd like that, it speeds you up. Because you totally. know some someone's going to yell out some shit. And you're like, well, no, I can't have the pockets anymore. Yeah. Like, you're going to f- ruin my timing. I know. know. And it, I told him. On the, I was oh. like, honestly, this was a pretty good punchline. And now you don't get it. <laughs> and they were like, no, come on. You have to. I was like, okay, well, now I can because I just hyped it up. And it probably won't be as good as I made it out to be. But I was like, no, the timing is everything. You ruined it. No. <laughs> Do it again. Yeah. Don't say a word. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, but that, that, I, lo- I love that you said that because that's so true. I, I've thought about that a lot of like. How much more, as comics, we judge the crowd than they judge us? I have no idea. I bet maybe a few of them have referenced the show today that came. They're like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. But like, I've told so many people, like these people were hyenas and morons. <laughs> and I've been talking about a show from like two weeks ago still to people, how stupid oh, the crowd was. It stays with you, man. Yeah. It stays with you. And it's like, you know, the goal every time you come in the room as a comic is like, you want to have a good set, you want them to have a good time, like that's the goal. And I gotta say, like, if you're at a real club or playing real venues, like, you know, 85, 90% of the time, that's what happens. It just goes that way. But when you add alcohol to people, and especially Ooh. this time of year, like holiday season, oh, or New man. Year's Eve, for example. Yeah. Dude, one club a bunch of years ago had the New Year's Eve party, which literally, generally to the show start later. Right. So they're drunker. There's heightened expectations because they yeah. paid way more money to get oh, yeah. a tiara and a thing. Yeah. <laughs> they gave the noisemakers out at the beginning of the night. Oh, so they're already on the tables when people oh, arrived. No. You, you know what I mean? Like you're already set up. Like really, we're not going to wait till oh, midnight. We're just going to have. So uh, any pocket of silence is like. No. <laughs> it's like, oh my god. No. <laughs> you're like, can we? Could I just end this now? Or like, How no, you went up po- there six minutes. You're like, oh, dude. How is that possible? Because there's also the pressure is like of the, as the host, you want to come up and like you, you know, narcissistically you want to do well, but like. You want the headliner to have a good set. You want to set up like Phil. He's a New York guy, and he's so good. And I'm like, I feel an, an added pressure when you especially like the comic. Yes. And like, I, I want to give him a good atmosphere. But with them, like when we came up, like when, when he comes up, it's like, how are they? And I'll be honest with him. And I was like, this is going to be a grind, man. <laughs> and I tried. He was here, and I was like pleading with him. If I was like, guys, like, okay, this is fun. Enough hacking. I was like, there's nothing I could say or do. There's nothing they could do. No. 
And it's right. You're right. If you get one or two tables, it's one thing. But when the room collectively is like, oh, this is the vibe. Mm-hmm. We can all just yell stuff out. When yeah. I have a thought, I can just say it. Like yeah. that vibe is put out there. It's a dogfight. Like it is. Oh, man. I feel I feel those. They are so. <laughs> I feel Albertans especially love to heckle. It's weird because this is the first stage I walked on, right? Yeah. To start stand up. Okay. And first stage, like over there waiting, like, all right, amateur night. And uh, it's one of those things where this club in general generally is not too bad, I find. Oh, it's like, a great it's club for sure. For heckling. But there have been some nights where you're like, this will be a dogfight tonight. Yeah. And there's certain guys' acts who it almost fits. Totally. You love talking to the audience. They're totally. like, what do you do today? And it's all part of the show. But if you're next up and that's not your vibe as a comic, yeah. you're walking into, oh, I'm just going to go up and do my material. They're like, no. Yeah. We don't want that. We want you to talk to Gary, who's yeah, a exactly. construction worker. And you're yeah. Like, no, I don't talk to Gary. Yeah. You know? Not and now they're mad. what Rod mad. has to say. <laughs> and now they're mad at you for uh, not engaging, going back to Gary with the callback. Bring back the guy. Was yeah. <laughs> it's like, don't tell you, I got another 45 left. Know, so, man. Uh, Something in the water here. I don't know. It is what it is. Um, so you were you born in Edmonton? Yeah, I was born in Edmonton, but I, I lived back and forth between Edmonton and the Twin Cities in Minnesota. Oh, wow. Okay, a little cool. bit. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's from Iowa, and then two of my brothers were born there, and then uh, one of my other brothers and myself were born here. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and how long have you been doing stand-up? Like, when did you start? The first time I did it was like uh, 10 years ago, but I was playing college basketball at the time, and in Edmonton at that point, it was just like pretty much you got on like the amateur night rotation at the comic strip yeah so every few months your name would just come up like you're on there like all right well i guess i'm gonna go do it and then i don't know it was something i was like into it, but i was mainly interested in interested in screenwriting like my goal was to go to film school and stuff and i thought like well comedy will be a good way to strengthen that and i, I don't know like i didn't grow up like a stand-up puritan or anything like that and i was like it's cool i like it but without throwing too many people under the bus that it was just like the vibe of stand-up at that point i was like this is it's really weird to go from like basketball kind of jock culture which i wasn't a huge fan of myself but then to like the mutant swamp that is (laughs) stand-up comedy (laughs) and at that time at least there there was obviously some funny comics but everything was a rape joke everything and i don't mean this in like i'm so woke or anything but even back then i was like this is kind of weird, and I didn't understand stand-up enough that I was kind of like, is this just what stand-up is? And I, if for whatever reason, it didn't process me, like, well, just do your own right. spin. So, like, I do my own thing or whatever, but I was like, this is kind of lame. So I just kind of told myself, like, once I'm done school, I'll probably get back into it because I need something to do. And sure enough, when I finished basketball and I was so bored, got back in. So that was a really long way of telling you it's been about, like, seven or eight years now. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is funny because I, I think the era or time in which you start stand-up and the comics you kind of come up with, like the comics you tend to watch or the same open mics all the time, like that can greatly shape your yeah. perception of like, not just the craft of it, but like the business, the totally. scene. Oh, this is what I walk into every single night. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that can be good or bad. Totally. And I wonder how many comics, their first you know few weeks trying to get their foot in the game, they just walked into the wrong yeah. community. You know, totally. or, the wrong inv- or the wrong group per se. Oh, where man. It's like, Oh wow, this is not cool at all. Or I'm exactly, not this, you know. I think it's so important of where you start in the situation and what the scene is like, because like now, being way more um, into the whole New York thing, the concept of starting in a city like that, I would have quit immediately. Like that whole big city, 
open mic thing where it's only comics and nobody's even paying attention. You're just slogging away at three of those a night compared to Edmonton where when I started up again and just for my own personal taste, there was more of a premium on like actually telling jokes and not just screaming or yeah. screaming about rape or something. Um, it was sweet because even the quote unquote open mics, there were still crowds there. Yeah. So that, that's a good and a bad thing because you kind of think like, oh, well, this is comedy and I'm already performing in front of 40 people and it went well. So I'm like really good. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you kind of false positive. Oh, 100 like, percent. Yeah, clearly, I'm amazing because this stuff's killing at this pub every Tuesday. Yeah. But I'd rather have that than the horribly depressing like the dudes I've I've known in New York who have been like just plugging away to open mics for like four years it's like credit to them for doing it but if it was me i'm like that's just no that's that's no way to live life for me no that's the same thing i said about starting here in calgary because it was a hot time for stand-up so like tuesday night the amateur night was sold out pro-am on wednesday was sold out weekends were definitely sold out so that's what i walked into going like oh man everyone loves comedy every night of the week and i had real audiences to go up in front of and i got to say the community that i walked into was really nurturing and very friendly there wasn't a lot of backbiting that's or, great and also what i realize now as i'm saying this is social media wasn't what it is now oh, where God. you didn't have people just doing arguments on facebook back and forth about what well, how do we think a host should act? <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean i'm like uh, i never understood that like uh, just like Here's the Bible of what all comedians should be doing. And I'm like, shouldn't we all be writing jokes and getting yeah. better? Like, And I thought the whole point was like putting your own spin on it. Yeah. Like I, I said, like when I first started, I didn't for however, whatever reason, that did not process me because I was an idiot. But then like when I started like really, really doing it, that was like the beauty of it. And what made me want to keep doing it is like, oh, this is the easiest like immediate outlet where you can just do your thing. So like say for like screenwriting and stuff. You don't know if anybody's ever going to see this. And before that, I like, played in bands and stuff, and that's that's super cool, but you depend on all these other people. Right. Whereas comedy, like, this is just me, and I can do whatever the hell I want. So when these people, like, these gatekeepers come in, of like, this is how you do it. It's like outside of, like, the rule of, like, okay, if you're the host, like, make sure the crowd's good for the headliner. And if the headliner says, like, don't do too much crowd work, okay, cool. But outside of that, it's like, where did all these rules come from, and why are you the authority on it? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And also – Where's your career at? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you, I realize now the advice I was taking, and I, I learned this luckily fairly early on. I realized that, oh, everyone's going to give advice, but I need to look around the advice and look at the person who's giving the yeah. advice and go like, okay, well, where are they at? Yeah. And what I realized was quite often, if you're doing these workshops and there's a comedian doing it, he's telling you about the club system. Mm -hmm. So that's the only business model he knows. Yeah. So he's telling you how to get work in the club system, which is valid and all useful. But there was no one talking to you about how to do it on your own. There was no one telling me right. about, oh, man, you want to play other venues? You want to – here's the business side of things. Here's how you want to – there was none of that. It was yeah. like, here's how you get booked. Don't be shitty to the waitress. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, here's how you send it. Like, And it was all helpful stuff, but I realized it was only to a certain point. Yeah. No one had a bigger vision of like, oh, you don't want to just – play in a club for the rest of your life yeah. and be part of that one business model. And I'm not knocking anyone who decides to do that. No, that's totally. A choice. Totally know you But mean. I realized now it was like, you got to be kind of cautious as to, and that's the danger, I think, of the whole Facebook thing. Yeah. Is that when you're impressionable and you're starting and you're seeing all these people tell you this is the way it is, yeah. you don't know to look around and go, okay, wait, who's telling me that? Yeah. What have they done? And do totally. I want that career? I know, especially when you start and it's, there's no context. You can't read the tone of things. You you just see all this stuff on Facebook and you kind of either buy it or you don't, or you maybe get an opinion of 
this person or that like oh this person must really know what they're talking about because they're so opinionated and um then you yeah like you said you actually get more context you're just like i don't know what the hell these people are even talking about (laughs) exactly and none of that it's like someone uh i think of it as someone donating a bunch of clothes but none of it fits do you know what I mean? yeah. like, you're like oh wow thanks for the jacket and you're like no these sleeves are way too short yeah like, but i gotta wear it yeah, yeah. yeah that's the jacket yeah, exactly so you're like- well when you're so impressionable and it's such a new thing and if people say it so confidently for me at least i was just a sponge and at first I'd be like well yeah that's the way it is then yeah that's what i gotta do people would tell me like if you meet someone at a club and he's just like a manager is just a complete dick and I'm like well you have to be if you're a club manager I'm like oh yeah yeah totally then you say that then you meet other club managers who are so polite and pleasant <laughs> you're like oh wait that was complete nonsense exactly you know what i mean but if anyone especially on facebook if they seem confident enough and you don't know enough you're probably going to believe it and take it at face value until yeah. you realize like oh that was just nonsense from you know, I, I feel like I'm be- acting really cynical right now, but at the end of the day, probably like a pretty insecure person who's just projecting. Definitely. I, I think yeah. you're 100% right. I feel like I've only, I've tried to anyway, not give advice to anyone unless they've actually asked for asked right. for it or it's a good friend of mine and we're talking shop. But to just go, here's what I've done and therefore you should do it too. It's like everyone's road is different. Exactly. And I don't know where you're at in your career. Like if someone's like, oh, you know, people say, oh, don't sign for Yuck Yucks or don't whatever. And I'm like, look, man. If you're just trying to build an act and get on stage yeah. as much as you can, I'm like, that's probably your only option in your town. Yeah. So who am I to say, oh, don't do that? That's yeah. not none of my business. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? But people say like, no, well, here's my experience, and this is what we got to do. It's like that's fine. I'm not saying your experience is not valid, but that doesn't mean it's the best route for somebody yeah. else. Yeah, totally. So why are we telling them, you know, not to do A, B, and C? It's like, and actually, you did A, B, and C for six years. Yeah, man. That's right? the funny part. <laughs> that's the funny part of the people that make it out. Like, if you do this, you're not a real comic. Like, are you just saying that because it didn't work out for you and you're angry at exactly. me considering it or something? I've seen – it hasn't happened a ton me personally, but I've seen so many other comics have those exact same exchanges. And I very much stay outside. I'd like to think – I've been involved in, like, literally no drama – in comments has been really nice but the stuff i hear from friends i'm like ooh, i don't know how you deal with this man this Dude, is insane. what's a full-time job to, yeah. to me to stir all that up yeah people go back and forth on facebook with, i'm like i don't even know where you find that time yeah where, where do you get the energy like yeah well, well get my coffee i go on there i write a comment i see if someone's bites they come back at me i write yeah, back at this, and it never ends with someone going you know what I've learned a lot today. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much I for appreciate inviting me. This, I appreciate man. that. Yeah. I totally see your point of view. That was a good debate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm a better comic now. Yeah. Uh, my career has moved forward. <laughs> I, <laughs> a better person. <laughs> it's never, ever the case. And I think what I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I was in desperate search of who's in this game who I, who I think is really funny, who's doing well optically. It looks like, you know, career wise, they're moving upward. And who actually is happy yes. and loving it. Yeah. It was like I was weeding through, like, okay, you're really funny, but, like, whoa, got a ton of video. Okay, uh, yeah. not as funny, but, like, really confident. And so you're trying to find that true north, you yeah. know, like yeah. of someone who's like, oh, there's a guy who's married in a good relationship. Yes. And his lady's supportive. And yes. he, he's got a good, like, you know what I mean? You're just trying to find, like, clearly there's got to be some joy in this. And I know oh, man. for listeners right now, they're probably like, well, you're all comedian. I'm like, but there's just a lot of yeah. darkness and misery oh, and bitterness. And it's... I'm like, this can't be it. No, I, no be- man, I'm so glad you said that because <laughs> – yeah, I'm, I'm a married dude, and I've been with my wife for 11 years, even though, like, reasonably young. But, like, that was a huge thing for me of, like, that, uh, honestly, outside of his comedy, you know Nate Bergazzi? Yeah. He, I think he's my favorite all-time comic, and half of that probably has to do with, like, 
this at least comes across like a well-adjusted, <laughs> nice, married dude. And I was like, oh, man, so this gives me hope. Yeah. You know? So, don't be the tortured soul who's angry at the world. And yeah. Bitter and angry. And-, and it's so easy to fall into that in comedy. And uh, you talk about this a lot. Like, everyone, no matter if you're the struggling open micer or the opener or the guy who's just starting to headline smaller clubs or the very, very well-established has all these credits and from your standpoint is killing it, Everyone is feeling that to some degree or another, and it's, it's so hard to take a step back and get a better perspective on where you're at and to be grateful for where you're at, but it's so important because otherwise, like, it, it, you can go absolutely insane. Yeah, you can. If you're looking over the fence all the time and comparing yeah. your apples to somebody else's, yeah. this thing will destroy yeah, you. Yeah, man. Destroy you. And that's another crappy thing about the social media thing, like, I, I, everybody talks about, and I, I get it from the business side of you know you, you bring people with followers and everything and it's cool but you it's not just the piling on and the ridiculous facebook arguments and stuff it's just the whole concept to me is uh comedians in large part a lot of them already have their psychological issues and their yeah. anxiety and their depression and social media statistically is proven to cause depression and anxiety or at least heighten it right so you take these people that already feel that and now you make it this mandatory thing like if yours isn't good enough you're pretty much worthless right you can be as funny as you want but if you only have three well you only have 1500 followers like what are you of you a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. And then you're not validated as a person. Exactly. Yeah. And then so it's like, yes, yeah, so you really got to start posting these zany videos of you. And it's like, that's dude, what this is. Well, the crazy thing now, dude, is and I, you know, just looking at the U.S. more, it seems like booking now seems far more dependent on how many followers you have. Oh, like, dude. No clubs who are straight up opening up a comics with social media account. Like, okay, what's your handle on Insta? Yeah. And they go right away and look and go. Mm, contact exactly. us when you get to 20,000 exactly and you're like wow that's what it takes for me to to work at this club is that totally out of, of an imaginary group of people who are probably not in this town yeah to come to my show yes. exactly and that and that's the, the crazy thing is like i said i do get the business standpoint of like all right well we want we want asses in the seats and the more followers you have means the more fans you have but it also does at times make you wonder like to a certain extent like does this whole act of doing stand-up and trying to get good at it even matter that much now? Because you'll see the headliners who have 600,000 followers and who have been doing stand-up for a month, and they'll sell out eight shows and people leave like, eh, yeah, wasn't very good. No. And the, the opener was great, but it's just like, you're never going to get anywhere unless you, you go happen to go viral. And it's like, that's the business model is like... Oh, I know. YouTube sensation. You're like, yeah. that person just started their page like a year ago. Yeah. They're not a stand-up comedian. No. Doesn't matter. They're going to put asses in these seats yeah. and they're selling the tickets. And, but, and, and the thing is, it's like everyone's trying to do that. So it, it, it kind of at times, and I don't want to sound too whiny because there, there also is a lot for obviously just getting good and that will work itself out. But at times, it feels like the business model is pretty much like go win the lottery because that's that's pretty much what it is. Like you can come out with, I I came out with this uh, this video, this rap video that I showed to some people, and I thought was like genuinely funny, and we like put a lot of effort into it. And I just I don't have a big following, and like nothing came, and that's fine. I wasn't expecting anything to. But then you look at some other videos, and it's just very much like the weird wacky guy recording himself in the shower, like lip syncing a song. And it gets like millions of views. And I was just like, th- th- that's all just chance and luck. Yes. You know what I mean? So if really like that's what I'm I'm betting on is hoping I win that lottery. Like that's a pretty daunting task. And, and you're right. And if your happiness is measured in 
you got to win that lottery to be happy. Yeah. I mean, you're really screwed. Whereas if you're, you're oh, like, yeah. I'm going to get in the craft of it. Exactly. I'm going to get better as a comic. Exactly. continue to work and grow. And, you know, you want to see your career moving up incrementally where you feel like, okay, I'm in rooms now. I wasn't playing before. And this festival gives totally. you a nod or whatever. But there's things you can measure. I think exactly. you need a little bit of that. But I think the joy is just like, man, am I am I feeling like I'm a better comic than I was last year? Because that lightning in a bottle thing may never come. And totally. Chance, and the other thing is that I find it amazing is the viral phenomenon that someone has a video that does go viral, and guess what? They're still doing the shit gig two yeah, weeks later. Exactly, so it's not yeah. like that ultimately put them on a different stratosphere and they yeah. were done. It's like almost now it needs to be like, yeah, that's got a hold, and now you have to have another video exactly. and another thing. Stuff is so, it's just expendable. It's like yeah. just chewed up and spit out. It's like fast food. No, totally. You're you know absolutely I mean? right, because all, all that stuff I said, that I feel like that might be coming across more like whiny than I mean it to because like you just said ultimately at the end of the day if you're doing something you enjoy and you really care about it and you know you, you treat people well and you go about it at least for you the right way like it's going to take care of itself and you're right like you need to not to get all zen but like meditation really helps me but like when you're in the moment I, meditation, and you, yeah, oh, man, I think it like every comic should have to meditate should be mandatory on it like everyone should have to meditate yeah. like that should just be and it's cool no, like no. doing it in schools now so it's pretty sweet but when you're like in the moment and you just show gratitude of like okay yeah, yeah am i doing this uh am, am i on this crazy level like no but you've made these steps and you've made these steps because you've been putting in the work and doing the right way so you keep doing you keep making these steps yep. and uh yeah you're, you're absolutely right. once you focus on that stuff and you're not worried about the getting too in your head of like oh it's all social media and it's bullshit it's ruining the industry it's like okay yeah. well if that's all you're focusing on you're gonna be miserable so focus on the right stuff yeah yeah you're yeah. right and i think too it's it's hard though like you can i go through phases where like it's easy i'm like i'm focused on the minutiae of like just you know like it's funny because you know gary goldman's putting out those you know those tips every single day yeah about whatever which has been amazing and I, totally. I try and read them every day and i think it was one that was out you know a day or two ago was about like just the minutia if you can really get into like the writing aspect of it and like i i don't know about you but like i still feel like oh, i have this idea i write it out i try it on stage on a thursday it didn't quite work i come back on the friday i've tweaked it a little bit yeah. i reworded something or i reordered something i still get off on that oh dude. and i'm lucky that way because yeah. i think there are some people who are like no nah, i like the adrenaline part of the performance and the yeah. stage and all the adulation i'm like Yes, that's all great, and it's it's a drug like almost. Oh yeah. But I also enjoy sitting in a coffee shop for two hours, oh, looking at a piece of paper, going like, I don't understand why that line doesn't work. Yeah. The word, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, like, I'm lucky I have that because if I was just hanging my hat on, hey, you all love me, right? Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah. I just yeah. had that. I mean, where would I be? I'd be Ooh. in a ditch somewhere right now. <laughs> 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 no, dude, I feel like I'm just agreeing with everything you say. But that's the that's the part I love the most about it, is the writing aspect. I love when you get this thought. And you frame it in a certain way and it evokes that reaction that's the best feeling like the, the reaction is cool but it, it's more the outlet of getting this stupid thought out there that resonates with people because yeah like to each their own I, it, whatever i used to be way more i think like a lot of comics think i had it figured out even though i was doing comedy for like three days but <laughs> yeah we I all used think to, oh we yeah. all think we have the formula oh yeah like, well that's all i do then i just plug my life into this yeah exactly formula, and it's all hilarious yeah i did i got three laughs in a five minute set so i wrote the book um my workshop is tomorrow <laughs> but I, I used to get like pretty annoyed at some people's style of comedy but now i'm like whatever you want to do do it. it's just it's not for me like there's some there's some comics i see that i i kind of 
they, they, they kill and it's cool. It's what they want to do. So like I'm giving them credit just to be clear, but it kind of has like this booze cruise captain vibe to it where it's more about like, we're here to party. We're having a great time. And yeah. uh, for me, I'm like, I just could not sustain that. If I did that one time, I would just pass out from exhaustion because <laughs> I just want to stand there and tell some stupid jokes and hope it goes well and the people yeah. like it. You know what be, I mean? Be me. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's funny because I just, I mean, the other day, dude, I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was looking at, you know, I you know, I have all these ideas written out, right? And so I'm working on the stuff. And I thought of something and wrote it down and made myself laugh out loud in a oh, coffee really? shop by myself. And then I caught myself and I go like, People must think that guy's nuts. Like, what is he? <laughs> I'm like, like literally, like, oh man, oh, I don't man. have headphones in, so yeah, it's like, yeah. not even like I can pretend like I'm listening to something. It's just like I look around and I'm like, oh god, is that? Oh uh, man, <laughs> when when people look at me writing, I get so in my head because I'm like, they don't know I'm writing jokes. Like, how stupid this is that a grown ass man is sitting there like writing, his, and they probably think it's like poetry. I'm like, no, I'm writing about, well, I don't know. Not dicks. I was going to say dicks. <laughs> yeah. Squirrels. I'm writing about how weird. funny the word nonchalant is when you think about it. <laughs> that, that happened a while ago in New York on the subway. Like, it was late. And, like, that's a great part of taking the train in New York is, like, just going from one gig to another when you're home. You just get your notebook. You can sit down. Just write on your lap. And this this lady was just, like, so impressed. And she's like, you a journalist or something? And I was like, I'm not telling her I'm a comic. <laughs> so I just lied. And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, well, what are you working on? And she had this, and I, I just lied to her for like five minutes. Because like, she was genuinely curious. She was genuinely curious and like it. impressed. I'm like, the second I tell her, like, well, I'm actually writing a joke about the wor- the name Graham and how stupid of a name the, the spelling is, she's just going to be like, all right, well, you're a complete loser. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're right. I, I absolutely am. That's why I lied to you. That's why I lied yeah, to you off the top. Why, I mean, oh, you I never tell yourself. Do you ever feel like with writing, you're like, I'm never going to write another good joke? Oh, yeah. Every day. I've I've exhausted every good idea I'm ever gonna have, and it's like weeks. And but then, all of a sudden, you're like, oh wait, no, I have my new best joke. It's amazing yeah. because I think all creatives go through that, whether you're a musician or a songwriter, uh, you know, screenwriter, or whatever. I think you often feel like, man, that's as good as I'll ever be. Yeah. But the cool thing, I just listened to this podcast by a guy named uh, Chase Jarvis, who does this thing about creativity. Just put oh, a book nice. out actually that I want to get about being creative. And he thinks of it as uh, creativity is more like a muscle. So the more mm-hmm. you exercise it, the stronger it is, as right. opposed to, oh, you're actually scraping the bottom the more you use it. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, a, it's like a limited resource. He goes, no, it's infinite. And the more you use it, the easier it is to use. And therefore, yeah. so I'm trying to adopt more of that mentality of, because yeah. I was the same way. I remember, like, you, you know, you'd write your first uh, closing joke that you're like, okay, that's great. Yeah. I remember thinking, man, that is, that is, I was, dude, I was like, Two years in, I'm like, that's is that is. I mean, I'm not gonna top that. I mean, that. <laughs> How daunting that is! Like, I just started and it's over. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, I don't know if I have a press conference and an yeah. I mean, I don't know. Sure. Uh, it's gonna be the Michael Jordan retirement of. Get a good run, just your set list up in the rafters. Oh yeah, they just haul it up. They just Hell pull yeah. it up, like, and just everyone just starts clapping and clapping. <laughs> like, I remember when he did that joke at that pub. A lot was, of tears. That was a good one. That opening <laughs> joke. Ah, God, squirrels are amazing. You know? Um. Dude, interesting that you played um, sports in college. I played soccer in university. Oh, did you? Yeah. And I often think that I pulled a lot of things from my sports days into this world. Yeah. uh, In terms of, like, the travel. Nice. I'm so excited to hear it because no one else can relate to this. I try to talk about this all the time. Yeah, please. Keep going. I'm so excited. The travel about – 
Don't give a shit if you didn't get any sleep last night. Don't care if you have a stomach flu. Yeah. 8 p.m. is game time. Yeah. And they're waiting, and they don't care yeah. that you're not feeling it and yeah. that you didn't sleep and the travel was bad today or you didn't eat yet. Like, And I realize now I almost needed to go through that phase in my life as an athlete and not knowing at the time that it was all preparing me for this. And yeah. even now, like small things like – Getting to the club early, looking around, optically yeah. making, taking in Prepping. notes as to kind of what it, oh, how big is the stage? How deep is it? What's the lighting going to be like? It's the same thing I did in soccer. I'd go yeah. on the field early, yeah. walk around like, oh, it's a little narrow here, like sight lines, whatever. Yeah. All this was mental preparation. And I use the same shit now in stand-up. Yeah. The exact same thing. I don't no, know. If, did you did you find parallels? Yeah, yeah. The same no, thing? totally. Like those were, um, that's really interesting to hear about like getting like the, like the dimensions of the stage and stuff because for me i'm like well if i take one step that's going to be the most physical set of my life so i don't need to really <laughs> worry but how close is the front yeah right? exactly yeah exactly but no honestly i am so glad i played sports before getting into comedy for a few reasons like I, honestly especially when i started i likened everything to basketball yeah. of just like the reps you're putting in and it, it's affected my approach to trying out jokes so much but um Mainly, at first, I will say there was a bad one. Of I, I was so competitive, and in sports, for me at least, um, because I, I was like a pretty pissy owly athlete. Too. I was too, and like I was pretty good. Like I was an all Canadian and stuff, and a lot of that had to do with like genuinely. And it sucks saying, but like you genuinely want to see others fail, and you want to see yourself succeed so much. So like, if if the other team's struggling perfect like obviously and i'm gonna talk as much shit as necessary kick them while they're down exactly and then when i kind of got into comedy like i had this mentality of like i need to do the best on every show and if other people are doing well i'd be a little bit pissed and really quickly i was like this isn't a good mindset for this like you got to differentiate this because these are different however the the ways it, it was beneficial was i wouldn't get offended by the way the crowd would react or what other comics would say because I knew a lot of other comics would be like, I hate this guy. He won't believe what he said about my my joke. And I'm like, oh, my God, he must have said something terrible. And it would just be the most, like, j- just insignificant thing was said. But they'd be, like, really pissed. And I'm like, man, in basketball, I have had some horrible things that you would have to say something terrible about yeah. me personally and my wife and my mom for me to get, like, what the fuck did you just say, bro? Yeah, yeah. So that, that was really helpful. But then, yeah, like, the approach of um, – accountability like if it didn't go well like obviously within reason like th- there are those shows where you're like nah that that was definitely th- the crowd it was the circumstances that was just a nightmare crowd yeah. but especially when i started i was like no no if it didn't go that was me yeah. i didn't deliver it's oh, nobody shit. else's fault and shit there was one more I was good. oh as far as the approach i think for me this has been both good and bad um i try jokes that i know are not there so often in situations where I probably could have more of a mentality like I need to kill tonight but if like so say I hope I'm explaining this right so when I'm in New York I'm like I'm showcasing every set because I I can't afford to not do well exactly when I'm in Edmonton and this isn't to be like I'm above it it's nothing to do with that it's just my approach to it is like this is practice 
this is me in the gym by myself working on shots. There's no point to me going and spending time in the gym and doing a hundred layups because I know I'm I'm gonna make all of them and be like, Hell yeah. Yeah. Man, I didn't miss it. Well, I didn't get any better either. So I'd rather go in front of a real crowd and try these jokes I've been working on. It's not like I just came up with them and get an idea like, is this good? Right. Is it not good? And I'm not afraid to not do well. And even if like my reputation maybe I, I, I has gone a little better. Like they'll, if they introduce me, like he just did the New York Comedy Fest and he just headlined Caroline's on Broadway, and I think people are like, holy shit, he's gonna be really good. And then I try ten minutes of, and seven of them are new jokes, and they're kind of like, eh. But I'm like, Dude, it, but for me, I'm like, I don't want to waste anybody's time. But like, what am I gonna gain yeah. from murdering at a barn? Like, because if I if I got ten minutes of silence or a ten minute standing ovation, I'm leaving in the same spot. And I'd rather have a much clearer idea of like, all right, so when I go back and showcase at this club in New York where there might be like more industry and stuff, I know like this is a new ten than the last ten I did. You know what I mean? Oh, dude, I totally get it, and I. I boil it down to it's the parking of ego and understanding what your goals are. Yeah. Like, you're right, because the athlete mentality can be like, I got to crush every night. Like, you're yeah. at an open mic Monday to Sunday. It's like, I got to be the top comic on that stage. Yeah. And then when you get to a certain point in your career, you're like, oh, wait now. So if I crush on a Tuesday night in small town, wherever, it's like, my career's in the exact same place. It doesn't matter. Right. If I have a new five, ten minutes that I can work out yeah. because there's not, the stakes aren't as high tonight, that's how you evolve and that's how you exactly. grow. So it's like yeah, I, I yeah. totally understand that. But I also I needed to learn that because I thought the same thing where I was like, no, I gotta be I gotta try and be the best every night. And when you let that go and yeah. you don't have that you're yeah. squeezing it that tight every night, that's when you get creative. That's yeah. when you're like, oh and like if someone leaves I don't think it's going to make sense to you, but if an audience leaves on a Tuesday night at an open mic and they go like, ah, yeah, the guy from that guy from 22 was all right. But I tell you, we read it like that guy was only like his first, was only yeah, his yeah. time on stage. Yeah, he yeah. killed. He was totally. so much better. I'm willing to let them leave yes. thinking that. And I don't yes. care. Totally. My, before the first couple of years, I was like, I can't, I can't let that happen. What? But the guy ahead of me just went, went on and crushed. And I've even done this where I'm like, I have these new bits I'm going to do. Yeah. New guy goes on. He's been on doing it a year. He crushes. And yeah. I'm like, I can't. I can't try this stuff then. Yeah, tonight. yeah, yeah. I, this is, Tonight's not the night. And I'll bullshit myself and yeah. I'll do it tomorrow night. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. That's why you came. Exactly. You came to do this stuff. You don't care what happened to him yeah. or what these people think when they leave. Yeah. There's nine people in a yeah. pub under, in the basement. Totally. Do you know what I mean? But that's, totally. That's ego. That's ah, like, can you park man. ego? It's so great to talk to someone. Who, man, I've tried <laughs> saying that and people are just like, oh, I don't know, man. No, I totally get that. And, and that's another great thing about I, I love about New York is the pressure of following I don't care because right. I've had to – I remember my first experience in New York. It was so funny for me. Like, It was just a bar show, but it's like a good Manhattan bar yeah, show. Yeah. It's always well attended. And I had another one. It was one of those nights where you have like three or four spots. So I was like, can I go up early? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Nathan McIntosh has to go up first, and I think he just got with the cell, and he was murdering yeah, every so – he's it's a so killer. funny too, yeah. So funny. And he goes up, and he just destroys the place. And then they're like, hey, sorry, Tim Dillon um, – you know Tim Dillon is? No, no. Oh, he's he like he just moved to LA and he's like blowing up. He's hysterical. Like he needs to go up before you. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and then he like literally, man, we were only doing ten minute sets. If he had forty five seconds of the crowd not laughing, I would be surprised. Wow. And they're all like, yeah, he's in at the cellar. He's done Jimmy Fallon. He's got a Netflix special coming out. And, and at, at the time, and I still don't have any like great credits, but I had no credits. So like, your next guy's just got here from Canada. <laughs> And I just went up and I was, and, and like the other comics were like, have fun, man. 
And, but I was like, this is why I'm here, though. Yeah. Because th- like, this is so uncomfortable. And, and did I do nearly as well as them? No. But I had a good set. I just went up and I was like, yeah. And what difference does it make? Exactly. So now, like, if, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm back in Edmonton or something, and again, I want to make it so clear, I'm not diminishing no, no. how good Edmonton is or being no. like, I'm above it. But if someone has, like, a killer set in front of me, I'm just like, I'm still doing five new minutes here. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's what I mean because you, you know where your goals are and you know what. Well, what's the goal of tonight? Like I said to a comic once before, yeah. I'm like, dude, what's your goal tonight? He's like, well, I don't know. Then go up and make a mind. I'm like, yeah, I get that, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, are you going up with like, oh, I rewrote this one joke and I want to whatever. Or I'm going to, I have this three new minutes that I want to try and squeeze in. Like, there's got to be something. Totally. I think the- that, yeah, man, I think that's got to be a lot of sports thing. I'm sure if people not involved in sports have a similar thing, but I am such a goal oriented person that I, throughout especially college um had so many specific like week by week not just season by season but like this is what i'm trying to accomplish and this is how i'm going to that's do how it. you move forward yeah and I, I feel yeah it's so cool to talk to another former athlete because that's that's very much an approach i i take to comedy and that's that's what i that's what i love about the edmonton scene is it's so perfect for that getting yeah. a gauge on what's really good yes yeah well that's the thing about it you don't know until you say it and you're like what do you do wait now so you're at a sold out uh you know a sold out room whatever and you're like and i have done that where i'm like in the moment i'm like i'm gonna slide the, like it's, yeah. it's just so quick it's like oh man that would segue perfect into this thing that i've been working yeah. on but i know it's not quite ready and all that's going off and firing in milliseconds yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, boom boom yeah. i'm like I'm just going to step into it and say it. And I'm like, didn't expect that in my mind. Yeah. And, and then I after, mean, I'm like, probably could have went without saying that yeah. brand new joke at this important show. feeling the wave. I'm like, yeah. yeah, they're loving me. Yeah, yeah what about yeah. this? And yeah. like, not so much. I knew it. Yeah. All right, good. Let's keep going back to the challenge. Yes. True. Uh, but it's like, it is such a thing, man, because I, I find the battle with comics quite often. And when I say comics, I mean, even I'm just talking about myself, really. Is that battle of... Um, Enough confidence to stand on a stage and go, okay, no one else talks and I get a stick that amplifies my voice and I'm going to make you all laugh. There's that persona, but there's got to be the humility of on certain nights, I know I'm workshopping stuff and I don't mind being the least funniest on this lineup. If I know when I leave and drive home, I go, well, I checked off all the boxes. I had that new bit on squirrels. I tried that. I tried this thing. That, you're right, is far better to me than going, I did old stuff and I felt like, oh, yeah, my ego is stroked and I feel amazing. Yeah, it's like, totally. No, no, you didn't get better. You yeah, didn't. Exactly. You yeah. just did what you knew. So you go into the gym and lift in the same weight every day. You're like, exactly. yeah, yeah, put the same plates on. But you know you can lift those, right? Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Put them on. Going to feel real. Going to look real good doing it. Yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. Watch this. I know. It's not no going to be a doubt. struggle. Yeah. yeah. And and struggle is where we need to be. Like that's yeah, man. that's a thing. So I, I dude, I totally relate that because that's the sports mentality. Like, yeah. okay, this is what we did last week. You know, whatever it is, sprints, fitness. I don't care what it is. It's like your coach was pushing that line every yeah, time. Totally. Not doing what we did last week. Last week we already have that master. Yeah, exactly. We go to here now. You're like, are you kidding me? Hills. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Put someone man. on your back and run up the hills. <laughs> I never thought I'd be having this conversation in comedy. This is incredible. It, dude, I I didn't realize it until I got into stand up. I'm like, oh, that's why I was an athlete because I yeah. thought I was going to be an athlete. I thought yeah. like, you know, young, young. I thought, man, maybe there's a chance that I could do something with it. And I, you know, I played provincial and stuff, and then I was yeah. capping my university team, like I thought. But then you get to a certain age, and you go like, okay, like it's yeah. not going to happen. Like you get to yeah. your teens, you're like, okay, now nah, I'm in Canada, and this yeah, is not exactly. a thing because the leagues weren't developed and whatever. And yeah. I just was like, if I was good enough, I would have made it. You know? Exactly. I, I really believe that. I don't feel like hard done by or anything. No, no, not but at I all. Realize, Oh, so that realization 
came clear to me once I started stand up. Like that's why you went through that other stuff. Yeah, that's why you had to travel and get to the totally. next place, and you didn't sleep, and you still had to deliver. Totally, you go to that crappy hotel to go play in that crappy little town in Crap front food. of nobody. That's the other thing. Being in front of people as an athlete, yeah, you're used to sit and stand at the free throw line, yeah, all, all eyes on you, whatever. Like you cannot get caught up in the noise around you, like. People go, well, how do you stand up on a stage? It's like, well, since I was six, yeah, I man. played sports where people yeah. are yelling at you and yeah. cheering. So a lot of pressure. It becomes innate. Yeah. You know, where it's like, well, that's that's comfortable to me. Totally. Where someone else is like, you ever have someone like at a corporate event and they're like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce you. I don't do a yeah, lot of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So All right. <laughs> Your first I think you're like, and I feel so bad for them because I'm know. like, they don't do that for a living. Yeah. They didn't grow up in maybe a sporting environment where yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And so I feel lucky, man. I feel lucky totally. that I have that. That's a great outlook, man. There it is, part one with Henry Sir. Great conversation. Um, yeah, tune in next week for part two of that. Uh, yeah, really, really great conversation with him. It's one of the things I enjoy the most is when you get to to meet someone you don't know and uh, just kind of get right into it. I love doing that. So I think this episode, uh, both part one and part two are great examples of that. So hopefully you come on back for part two next week. Also, uh, thanks to everybody who's already got your tickets for the Hunt for Happy Tour. It means the world to me. A bunch of you jumped on board right away. It means a lot. Thanks to you for, for getting your crew together and sharing the information and uh, telling other folks about it. I really do appreciate it. And um, the whole concept behind the name Hunt for Happy was just that, man, the world is, is, can be pretty dark at times. You look at the news, Canada seems divided, America seems divided, parts of Canada want to leave. Uh, you're just seeing horrible stuff in the news. And I'm just like, man, aren't we all just trying to be happy? Isn't that what people are looking for every single day? Just hunting for happiness. That's all anybody wants personally or professionally like in your job in your relationships people just want to be happy you know and i think there's no better way to do that than just laughing being in a room with other people laughing at how ridiculous life is so that was the whole concept of the name the hunt for happiness and uh i really really hope you can uh, you can join us all tickets are available at trendscomedy.com and um obviously at the venues themselves as well so thanks to everybody again for uh, jumping on board early i would love to see you on tour and um, it's pretty much the biggest one that I've done to date. So I would really appreciate your support and uh, hopefully you can get out. Anyway, have a fantastic week. I hope you get yourself into the holiday spirit if you're not already there. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next week on the GP. GP.